This is Sarah Weymouth, and welcome to my podcast, where we talk about everything for you to live your best life. And we have a little fun too, from talking about business, marriage, parenthood, money, health, home decor, friendship, beauty, and pop culture. I'm a mother to three, a wife, a successful business owner, and I want to live my highest, best self. Follow along as we learn together, grow, teach, because you only get to live one life. Oh, and I promise to dig deeper and to ask the tough questions. This is The Lime Podcast. All right. So, so excited, Hillary, to have you on. Let's, okay. I usually start with like, tell us who you are and all that, but I want to start now with how has your week been going? How are you? Well, it's good to see you, Thara. I love that we're like neighbors-ish now and um, so loving the store. is just gorgeous. Every time I walk in, I'm just drooling over everything. You're so so I um, it's going well on this end. We, you know, we just kicked off the school year. And so my daughters are both back in um, a more formal school setting. We had been kind of homeschool hybriding co-op situation and we loved it, but um, we moved to Franklin um, in April to kind of shift gears on education for them and shift a little bit, slow down life a little bit, get out. Not that we were in the city, let's be honest, we were in the suburbs, but we went a little further into the suburbs. Um, so yeah, the week has been really good. I'm getting my, I was just mentioning, I'm, I'm getting kind of my new rhythms. I haven't had this much time. So I'm kind of stepping back to see where I want to focus my time in this next, you know, quarter, few quarters of, of the year. I'm excited. I love this time of year. I love back to school. It's my Me favorite. Too. Okay. I'm so happy you said that. Cause there's the moms that are like, I'm so sad. And I'm like, why? <laughs> like, I love my kids and I do so much with my kids and we have the best summers, but I love a schedule. I love this time of year too. Cause I feel like I can focus on the end of the year. Like what can I accomplish before the new year? And my brain just loves that. I love the shorter, you know, time frame. like, okay, four months, what am I going to do September to December? You know? So I'm with you. I think it's I, like the new year's for mom, new year's day for moms is in August. Yeah. We used to, when I first launched lemon, when back to school would happen, we used to have like basically a party at lemon like, okay, come, you get free coffee, you get to shop, there's no kids with you. Like, it was like a whole thing. And this year, I'm like, maybe I should bring that back next year. <laughs> it's so fun. But I feel like they do it kind of funky here with it being like a Friday and a half day. So it's, it makes it kind of hard. Yeah, that was a little weird for us. We hadn't done that before. And it was like, are we really? It was like a half start. It wasn't really a start. It was, now- it was like a soft launch. <laughs> soft launch, yeah. yeah. <laughs> soft launch. <laughs> And I feel like we should tell people like we connected from a mutual friend and I feel like we totally gelled because you have a marketing background. I have a marketing background. You run your own business. So do I, you're a mom, you're a wife, you have the podcast, you wrote a book. Like, I feel like you have your hands in a lot of things and I'm kind of like that too. So we just kind of connected. So tell people a little bit about your background. You're, are you from here? I'm not originally from Tennessee. I was born and raised in Cincinnati, Ohio. So I'm a Midwestern girl at heart. But uh, I think there's a lot of similarities between the Midwest and the South. And so we, my husband and I relocated down here in 2006. So I feel like I've been here, you know, a really long time. This is home, especially with so many new people moving. The fact that we've been here that long feels like an eternity now. 
like meeting someone who's from Nashville is like this crazy unicorn thing. Yeah. Uh, it's like, oh, you're from here. You were I have here. I have one friend that like grew up in Franklin. I'm like, oh, there's one of you. <laughs> exactly. But I mean, yeah, so we moved here in 06. Uh, we were married pretty young in um, 02, 03. I mean, yeah, give or take. I should yeah. remember I got married, right? Uh, it's been a long time, 21 years. Wow. And so here in 06 and my husband was working in the music business and um, I had at the time was working, I don't know if anybody can relate, but at Enterprise Rent-A-Car, that was one of my early entry jobs. That company teaches you a lot, I will say. I'll give him that. They put you through the ringer, but I ended up kind like of pivoting. teaches you a lot like sales, customer service, that kind of stuff. Yeah. Yeah. All about, you know, the professional attire. Like if you're coming right out of college into the job market, it's a great, I mean, they work you hard, but you learn, it's kind of like a fire hose and trial, you know, you get in there and you're selling and you're maintaining inventory. And it, it was a good first job, you know, mm. um, but I pivoted into nonprofit um, management and then kind of slowly pivoted into marketing from there. And I've been doing that for the past 11 years, uh, marketing, consulting, brand strategy, and content stuff, digital stuff. I yeah. Guess put it. For someone that like doesn't have a marketing background, can you explain a little more like, so you have your own marketing company. What is it that you do for clients? Because I think, and I, let me back up a little bit. I think marketing is such a broad term that even you, I'm sure you can relate. Like for myself, I'm like, Sometimes people say marketing. I'm like, but what do you do? Because like, I have a friend that graduated college and went right into market research and she did only that and analysis and all that. And I have no experience or knowledge on that part because it's such a niche marketing. So what is it that you do for your clients in your company? Yeah. So I would say market research and the numbers is not really our bag either. I, I respect it. I think it's really important. And I've worked with a lot of market research firms over the years. Um, my approach really comes from more of a content strategy, brand strategy standpoint. Early on, I started doing, I kind of got my feet wet running social media for, for different companies and different ministries um, in the, I don't know, yeah, about 15 years ago. And I'm kind of, I'm a writer at heart and I like to keep ahead of the trends and like see what's kind of makes sense of what things are doing. And I got hired by kind of a visionary who was running a creative conference out of Chicago. And he said, I want you to run the Twitter account. I want you to curate content because the people that are looking at this are creators themselves. So I started kind of deep diving into the design world and into just the creative world. And I didn't, I'm not a designer, but I, I love design. I love good design. And so I, I slowly started to develop packages of content creation. So that's how I started was really just writing content, writing copy. Copywriting is really yeah. the, the word for it. And it kind of grew from there into providing, you know, social media services, con um, at all the platforms, then strategy for social media, because we'd been doing it for so long, we started providing strategy and then moving into more website design and brand strategy. Um, so We've worked with over, I don't know, 20 different industries from everything from air conditioning companies to, you know, ghostwriting for pastors. I mean, and everything in between. Yeah. Uh, so it's, yeah, I'd say content and digital content strategy is the primary like silo that we live in um, from kind of a storytelling perspective, like a story, a narrative standpoint. How are you engaging with your audience? Who are you speaking to? You know, all the stuff us marketers love to talk about you know, personas and, um, 
you know, the hero's journey and all that stuff. So yeah. that's kind of the, the approach that I take. Um, but you're right. Marketing is a very, very broad term and it can mean a lot of things. And now I think with social media, people can just, if, even if they're on social media, they can say they do marketing because they're, you know, they might be marketing on Instagram and they might be making great money and getting great sales just from one Instagram account, you know, or an influencer account. I'm hiring people now to run TikTok accounts because I'm not, I'm not that young anymore. So I can't, I got to figure this out. I know. I feel the same way. Like I don't want to touch TikTok at all, but I feel like I have to, but it's like, is anyone our age even on TikTok? I guess they are. I just, my mind can't go that way. I'm like, we have enough. Like how many social media platforms do we need? I remember when I was getting my degree uh, in college, I'm like, what year was that? 2004 to 2008. I literally thought like, oh, well, I'll go into advertising and I will do magazine ads and I will do commercials. Like that's where my mind was back then. That was like when Facebook wasn't even like a thing yet. Like it was, but it wasn't. And now fast forward, it's like commercials are almost dead. It feels like at least for the most part, there's some debate on that. Um, Print is like out the window. It's so sad. So what have you seen in the last decade plus of what you've been doing that has changed through the marketing? I think it's probably social media, right? Like what's. Oh, wow. I mean, I've had to reposition and pivot my company multiple times for that exact reason. And because we would be focusing on a certain deliverable and it started out primarily with content. And when I say content, I mean, written content copy. Yeah. So I've, you know, in my archives right now on my laptop, I could pull up spreadsheets with thousands of tweets that I had team members write for companies, tweets on tweets on tweets, Facebook posts, lots of blogging. Obviously, when I started in 08, I started a blog. It was that what everybody was doing. They were blogging. So true. I miss, I kind of miss those days. Uh I don't know if you remember the blog role where you would link all your favorite blogs on the side. I mean, there was just. Yeah, I actually do miss that too. There's like an art to it. Yeah. And I think people are trying to slowly get back to that somehow there's, but the journey that we've taken over the years, it seems like it was primarily content and then it shifted over to images, of course, with Instagram, obviously now we're focused on, you know, still images and then graphics. Then you have people creating their own graphics and you have Canva rolling out and people don't really, I was hiring designers and now it's like, well, I don't necessarily need a designer for that. I can do it myself. And then I'm doing a very quick overview, but now in the last couple of years, it's shifted drastically toward video. So where yeah. before, you know, you're still needing to do, you know, updating websites, but I, I would argue that the website is no longer, you know, the front porch for a company. It's their social media at the yeah. end of the day. The the website's kind of like the, maybe the kitchen, you know, maybe if you're lucky, they're going to walk into your kitchen from through the living room, but the front porch is the social media. <laughs> and it's so, so true. Yeah. Like when I learn of something new, like, you know, obviously being new to the area, I'm always like, what's that restaurant or what's that place? First thing I do is look them up on Instagram. And then if I need to, I go to their website, but it's like, you don't always need to, right? It's like, they have all their contact information, their address, like everything is there. You can get a visual of what it looks like, what they do, the vibe, the employees, whatever it's yeah. It's so interesting. Yeah, and I feel I'm trying to go viral. That's the thing now. Yeah. Which is so annoying. 
Like it's I, really, yeah, makes my head hurt. Well, and what's annoying about it is that going viral doesn't necessarily mean that you're like keeping on brand. Like people will do like a prank and it'll like a stupid little six second clip will go viral. But what does that have to do with your business or what you're selling or who you are or your brand? Like, it, yeah, it drives me crazy, but I know that's like the new thing. Yep. Like, and I feel like the videos never- have to be shorter and shorter and shorter. Like people can't watch 15 seconds. <laughs> it's like, our brains are kind of shrinking. And then I think, man, we used to read whole blog posts and, and articles and we used to read them on paper with ink. <laughs> I, I feel know. like a dinosaur. And now it's like, okay, well, how do we game the algorithm to get it to know? I mean, especially on TikTok and Instagram now too, it's like, how do we game, not game it in a sneaky way, but just how do we make something that the algorithm will reward? So oh. it's just really this weird relationship now with the algorithm and how it views you, how it sees you. And if it gives you more love or if it gives you hate, it's just, it's wild. It's, it's really wild. Well, it's what, what's hard is it's always changing too. So it's like, even if you figure it out a little bit, you're like, Oh, next week it's different. So now we're back to square one. Do you feel like you work with so many different types of businesses? Do you feel like certain platforms work better for different types of businesses? Or is it like, we all need to be on Instagram. We all need to be on TikTok. I used to say that. I used to say that certain businesses didn't need certain platforms. Obviously, Twitter has been a hot mess. I, I don't even know what's going on over there. I, at this point, I'm like, I don't, I don't know what businesses are gaining from Twitter personally. I mm-hmm. kind of a weird situation over there. Uh, I do think that it's changed because of course now Facebook owns Instagram, right? So it used to be, you could kind of pick and choose, but now you have to kind of bow down to meta to get what you need on Instagram. So you really, I I mean, when I launched my book, I was trying to run ads on, on my Instagram, but I had to have a Facebook account to even do that or a meta account, so to speak. So I think that having Facebook slash Instagram is kind of a must, Mm -hmm. uh, if you're a more corporate, you know, type of client, I would recommend LinkedIn, obviously. And people don't always think there's a lot of value there unless they're looking for a job, but you can, I think it's more about establishing some brand credibility on LinkedIn. I think a lot of more corporate professionals do use it. It didn't, it, it's grown a lot. Um, so to answer your question, I don't necessarily think everybody needs to be everywhere, but I do think that if you can create strategies that do match the platform. For example, my primary client right now that's been a client for several years is a, is does lumber high end, um, residential. It sounds so boring, but they have these gorgeous images and they have an incredible video team that takes videos of these beautiful projects all over the world. So we went on TikTok, and I thought there is no way TikTok anybody on TikTok is going to care about this. And you would, you wouldn't believe it. There's an entire wood talk community and yeah. there you go. And it's so I think if you can create content that matches the platform and that feeds it in the right way, then yes. But if you don't have the the assets, if you don't have the video team, if you don't, that can be tricky. Yeah. It's a lot of time and effort to create. It used to be, like I said, all writing and then it was photography and now it's video. Well, video is the most expensive thing to, to create. Yeah. If you're just doing it from your iPhone, that's one thing, which I think TikTok and particular rewards that if you 
put a lot of pre-produced edited video there. They, they tend to down, down. Oh, interesting. I didn't know that. Okay. Yeah. They don't like it. They want it to be kind of, kind of gnarly, a little bit more raw. raw. Yeah. Uh, so well, I think, I think they also want to reward people for doing it all the time, real time. So if you're editing it and it's like, you know, produced, it's like a whole different thing than if you were just picking up your phone and like, check this out guys or whatever. Um, that's so interesting. Do you feel like, so I, from my understanding on TikTok, you can get a lot of following. It's not as saturated. There's less people on there, obviously compared to Instagram is so saturated now, but even if you're getting all the views, all the following, is that moving into actual sales or results? I think that's the hard part is really figuring out that's on the back end, trying to track if you're getting leads, if you're really, I mean, you know, I will say <laughs> this one little mini case study we had, we had something go, I keep using air quotes, viral. Yeah. <laughs> Nobody can see my fingers, but air quote. Yes. Uh, and it, and we got an email from the sales team and they said, we are being slammed with, with leads. We have, we can't even keep up with the amount of leads that we're getting because we were, we were very careful to redirect people back to the lead form. So I think, yeah, I think it's a matter of actually being intentional. If you're just throwing content out there, you're not telling people where to go. You're not giving them information. Um, then no, I, but again, I think that, (laughs) Yeah. You never know when that's going to happen. There's no proven way to, to do that. You just kind of have to keep throwing stuff out there and see what works. And the other thing I didn't mention is YouTube. Yeah. My, I know you've got kids. My kids, mm-hmm. YouTube has a chokehold on these kids. I don't, I don't know what is going on. It's so sad, but you're right. A lot of YouTube channels and ads, um, even, I mean, I guess Google ads, those are so expensive though. I don't know. I, I guess if you're like a local doctor's office, like that's probably like your go-to, right? More lo- geo-targeted things like that, where you're, or you have a business on Facebook where it's like a neighborhood thing and you're in groups. I think I'm all over the place, but I mean, I, I've yeah. talked about TikTok because we've seen some kind of weird success with that lately and I didn't expect to, mm-hmm. but I think YouTube is, <laughs> it, all these platforms that I wanted to ignore and was kind of like, yeah. Not doing this. You can't make me. You know, I like Instagram and this is what I do. Yes. And it's like I'm trying really hard to be flexible and embrace. And like my daughter, for example, she likes to do songwriting. And so I said, look, you can you can start a channel. You know, I'm very I manage it very closely. Yeah. But I just spoke to a friend in town who's in the music business and does music publishing. And he said, he said, TikTok is already, they've already moved on. Every all the artists are on YouTube now. That's where they're being. Found. Oh, interesting. They're done with TikTok and moved on to YouTube, even though YouTube was already there. That's what. Yeah, it's weird. Like YouTube has done this weird journey. And I like what's going on here. But I don't think TikTok is over. But I know there are a lot of artists getting yeah. discovered on there and getting their songs to go get noticed. And now he said, no, no, we, we don't look at that anymore. We look at YouTube. And I'm like, I can't I can't keep up. I know we really can't keep up. I feel like it's too much. It's too fast. There was a moment for Snapchat. I never did that, oh, but yeah. some people are still on it. I'm like, who does Snapchat? Yeah. Like what? And now Instagram came out with threads, which is oh, trying to compete with Twitter. It's not, I don't think it's going to work. Um, and I really think Twitter is a place for men. Like I know all the husbands love it. I don't know any of my female friends that are on it. Like, it just seems like a place for the guys. Like the guys don't seem to care about Instagram that much. It's bizarre. 
Yeah. And then what are your thoughts on Pinterest? I feel like Pinterest almost never gets talked about. And it's like, I feel like we all kind of go on it, but we don't spend that much time on it. I don't know if you're like that. Pinterest, in my opinion, is like a sleeper hit. People are sleeping on Pinterest. I have um, an agency that I was working with in Nashville and they were slaying Pinterest. I, I'm talking huh. numbers like I've never seen leads coming in. Wow. People don't realize that it's really just a search engine. It's not a social media platform. It's basically just like a prettier version of, it's not better than Google, but it's just a search engine. And yeah. I, I think I'm surprised that it's still around, but it it is, I think, especially for more aesthetic brands that are focused on the visuals and yeah. they're now they're doing video on Pinterest now. So we've done little short clips of video on there and seen really good success there as well. I think I'm at the point now in my career, 11 years in where I am not trying to pretend like I know all this. There is no way Yeah, I'm no. hiring, I'm hiring Gen Z and millennials. I'm a, I'm an elder millennial. I'm a, I'm, yeah. I'm a, maybe one, I'll give it away. I so think I, I do. I don't know where the cutoff is. <laughs> I don't know what, I don't know what the proper term is, but I'm right there on the fence of the whole thing. And yeah. so we were, we were there for things kind of shifting and, I remember when I started my company, people were like, what are you even doing? Like, what, yeah. what do you do? And still my kids are like, what what's content? Yeah. Yeah. What is this content you speak of? I'm like, yeah, I just make money on the internet. And it's like, yeah, and- no, it's, it's true. I feel like even, sorry to cut you off. Even no, no. when I chose to study a business marketing in college, my mom is a biologist and she was like, what's business? Like, how could that be its own degree? And I'm right. like, I'm, I'm not really sure, but this is the type of business I like. Again, I thought I was going to go into like commercials and stuff and like make advertisement, <laughs> but like it's changed so much that even today, like my mom gets it. Like she gets obviously what business is, but even furthermore, that there is this huge platform for marketing and social media and content and all these things, but it's crazy how quickly it's changing. And I guess that brings me to my next question, because if everything is changing so quickly, what do you think is next? I know it's obviously we're not psychic, so we don't know for sure, but being in the industry and seeing the trends, what do you think is going to happen in the next five years? And I think also what I find interesting is like people like you and me that we're like, we're savvy, like on Instagram, for example, we're in business. We do all these things. We have a podcast, whatever. But even you and I are like pushing back where we're like, I don't want all these platforms. I don't want to go to 16 apps to get my information. So that makes me question what's going to happen in the next five years. And it might be different for our generation versus this whole Gen Z. I don't really understand Gen Z, to be honest. Like they wear sneakers and dresses and I'm confused. Like I'm just... (laughs) You know, like, like, and I, it's, it just seems like two different worlds. Um, is this just because I'm getting old? Is this how they felt our parents? I don't know. This is, this is the sign. I'm not going to say it, but <laughs> it's like my husband going, the music, I can't stand yes. this music. What is this? And oh I'm like, God. honey, oh my gosh, we can't be like this. We have oh. to try. This. I mean, obviously you're, my, my daughter's getting the age where if I try to be too relevant, she's like, oh, wow, that's so cringe. So, you know, you can't try too hard. You got to kind of lean back a little and kind of dig in your heels, but also just kind of low-key know what's going on, but don't talk about it because then you're cringe. It's very confusing time for me as a parent. But 
Um, I think, yeah, it's weird. I do see the pushback in a lot of things. So, you know, I, I wrote the book and I follow a lot of writers online, more in the publishing industry in the space. And I've seen a lot of people moving over to Substack, which is like a very traditional kind of newsletter platform. And I'm actually kind of tempted to do it myself. Oh, and it's like a paid subscription newsletter. It's kind of bringing it back to the good old days. And look here, here's my newsletter that I wrote. It didn't get written by chat GPT. It, you know, it, this is me with my brain typing this out. And I, I think a lot of people are moving toward that, especially more creators. Uh, with, from a business standpoint, I definitely do see the video. I don't see the video going anywhere right away. I think it's, I think it's in the early phase because you've got the early adopters, you know, the younger kids who have been on TikTok for a while. And then you've got, you know, our generation who's finally like, okay, fine, I'll get on there, yeah. you know, and I'll try this or try that. And so there's going to be, I think, a longer tail of people adopting these newer, you know, platforms that are at least new to us. And typically I think what happens is certain generations tend to get on these platforms and then kind of maybe ruin them a little bit. And then yeah. the younger generation. Like Facebook. Like, okay, we're done. like Facebook. It's yeah. it's ruined. It's ruined. I mean, let's be honest. The only yeah. reason we're on there is for Facebook groups at this point. And Facebook knows it too. 100%. So, or like Facebook older family members to see our baby's photos. <laughs> yeah. And then, you know, the older folks go on and they, you know, they post the most wackiest stuff. Yeah. What do you do? Article and links and yeah. Like, no, stop. So, you know, it's, I do think it's going to continue to be video for a while. Obviously the VR thing is going to be um, a thing going forward. It really freaks me out. I'm not going to lie. Yeah. I do think that's kind of coming down the pike and it's going to be more accessible, more affordable. Yeah. It's going to be a little more heavily because if you can see how things are shifting now, you know, you're choosing your avatars. They've got the, um, the filters that's very common now. So I think the things that are weird to us are going to be more normal for our, our next generation. They've been using these filters since they were little, just playing with them. Mm-hmm. And so it's going to be, Hey, choose your avatar. You know, who do you want to be in this game? Who do you, who do you want to be in this world? If you put on your meta, yeah. I'm, I'm like confusing brands, but anyway, I think that's going to be what you mean though. Yeah. And then of course, Twitter, the whole X thing. I don't, I don't, I don't understand. I used to love Twitter. I was on there all the time. Oh, interesting. I never got into it. Yeah. I, even back in the day I worked for Groupon and I had to have my own Twitter for my position Yeah, and I was like kicking and screaming and I hated that thing. I never got into it, but I swear all my guy friends, my husband, like every male person I know loves the platform still. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Maybe it's just more male now. I don't know. It it got really hyper political. I was gonna uh, say it got political, and I think that's where the men are more interested than women historically. Yeah, yeah and, and I mean, even it just it started to get kind of ugly on there. It, it was just not fun anymore. It was really ugly and and kind of low vibe. And I'm like, yeah, I'm good. I'm out. Yeah, and I don't know where where that's gonna go. It's kind of a crapshoot, I think, with that platform. Well, what I don't understand is like Twitter is just words and TikTok is video. Why can't we just do Instagram where it's both and we have reels and we have lives. So in my mind, I'm like, this is dumb. Like, why are we spreading everything out? I don't know. I feel like I'm, it's a personal issue. <laughs> like, I don't want, like, I don't want to do it. And I think it doesn't make any sense, but okay, everyone, um, whatever. <laughs> you guys do what you want. I mean, you know, 
I mean, there are some moms I follow on TikTok that are, I know they're making some bank on there. I don't know. I've heard. I'm, yeah. Man. And I listen to a lot of business podcasts and everyone says, if you're not on TikTok, you need to get on TikTok. Like, do not resist, (laughs) blah, blah, blah. So, I mean, I might have to do it for Lemon. It's, we'll see. Um, but I, okay. But I do want to talk about, I feel like we could geek out on marketing all day long. So we'll move on <laughs> before this, the, before this gets too long <laughs> and we're like, Oh, we didn't talk about anything else. Um, but I love that you have your hands in like all these things. So you wrote this amazing book, the good enough mother, which by the way, I carried the book at lemon and I, you know, it was kind of like, we don't really do books like this, but like, you know, I obviously wanted to support you. You're local. We're local now. I put the book in, it keeps selling out. And I don't know if it's people know the book or the title is catchy. I catch people reading the cover in the back of it all the time or like flipping through it quickly. We we literally have one copy left already. And I meant to tell you we need more and I haven't had a chance to. Tell us about the book. What is the book about? I feel like the title kind of explains it, but what is the book about and what made you write this book? Well, thank you for selling it in your store. I'm honored. And it's so cool to hear that. I'm just blown away. Um, yeah, I, I, let's see, this was, I think we're coming up on two years now. Uh, I started writing it when my children were really small. I, I really just was writing a book that I needed to read. I think that's what most authors do. I was raising my daughters. They were still very young. I was exhausted, you know, just all the things that young moms are dealing with, you know, I don't have to make the long list here, you know. Yeah. And also deciding that I wanted in my very elder millennial way, I didn't want to work for the man. I wanted to start my own business. So, you know, starting a business while having two small children and trying to kind of figure out, you know, what I wanted my motherhood life to look like. And I just started writing things on little scraps of paper and taking notes and thinking through everything I was going through. And it took me seven years to, to finish it. And then, you know, the editing process and all of that. But the the idea is that, you know, as moms, we kind of feel like we're forced to choose, you know, at least I think this conversation is still relevant. Obviously when I wrote it, this has now been, you know, a while ago, but it felt like there were these mommy wars a lot online about stay at home mom versus full-time working mom. And all the things I would see was like, we were being placed at odds with each other. And, Mm -hmm. but all the moms that I met out and about were all in the same boat. You know, it's like, look, we have to earn money. We, we either have to, or want to, or both. We, we, we need the money. We also like to earn or, Hey, I went to school and I got a graduate degree and now here I am. And I do, I want to be with my kids, but I also want to feel fulfilled outside of my motherhood role. And the book is really just a love letter to moms, like a big fat permission slip saying, you can do both. It's not going to be pretty. It's not going to be easy, but you can, you can choose to mother with intention and to parent with intention and also to chase your dreams really was the idea of the whole thing. So, and not feel guilty. Try not to. <laughs> yeah. The mom guilt is the hardest part. I think for all of us, it just, it seeps in at the most random times when you don't even think it's going to, and it's, I think it's worse when they're younger, it gets a little bit better as they get older. I think we also get more free time because they're in school probably. Um, what, like, what do you think your advice would be for moms 
with kids of any age that want, you know, maybe want more or they have that mom guilt or they're struggling with all the stuff. Yeah. I mean, it does, the seasons do change. Obviously, you know, our kid or, kiddos are a little older now. I think that most, of, I mean, and I still need to sometimes go back and crack that open even now and go, wait, I, I said that I need to remind myself that that's true, but just that, you know, your worst critic is probably you first of all. And it's okay to want things outside of your motherhood role. You don't have to feel guilty for that. You are still someone who matters in your children's life and your own healing and your own fulfillment is part of you raising a healthy family and stepping outside of, you know, stepping into a motherhood role. It changes you. It changes who you are. Fundamentally, you are no longer the person you were before you had that child. And so just giving yourself a lot of grace and knowing that, you know, you can find, I don't, I don't like the word balance. I think it's kind of a scam, but you can find pockets and seasons of time where you can take care of you and still love your children with intention and passion. And you don't have to measure up to these standards. I mean, you know, back then it was Pinterest maybe, or or something now I, I don't, but you don't have to measure up to these crazy standards that you're seeing online of, you know, you look perfect every day. Your children are well, perfectly behaved. Yeah. You know, you're yeah. going on 15 million vacations a year. You're, it, it's crazy what we're, yeah. I don't know if you saw the Barbie movie, but I did. There's a lot of contention around it. Yeah. But that line, the, uh, the monologue that America Ferreira yes. gave, everyone's I mean, talking about it. I just was like, yes. The, and it was, it was yeah. about moms and just being a woman, but it was like, woman, you, yeah it can be impossible. And the standards we place are placed upon us on ourselves. And so just kind of being willing to break, step outside of those and going, what, who am I now? What Mm -hmm. do I want? What do my children need? And being willing to kind of walk a journey, a path that might be unique. And I, I mean, that's kind of all over the place, but yeah. No, it's true. And I love the little Pinterest example you threw in there because that was our generation of the perfect Pinterest birthday party, the perfect Pinterest bedroom, the perfect whatever, right? Organized linen closet. It's like, I I still love Pinterest for that reason. I'm a visual person and I, I'm really organized and I love beautiful things and whatever, but I'm not a Pinterest mom and I'm an, I'm like an Amazon mom and a shop small business mom. Like if my kid gets cake and confetti for his birthday, like we're done, you know, like I would love to make it look cute, but at the same time, I'm not going to spend a thousand dollars on my kid's birthday to make it look like a Kardashian party just so I could <laughs> post it and say, look, I'm such a good mom. When in reality, that has nothing to do with not, not only being a good mom, but living a good life, I think we, we lived in this, um, we grew up in this generation of things looking good instead of feeling good. And I, I think that's where, you know, you probably touch on a lot in what you do, which is great. When did you start the podcast? Was that before the book or after the book? That was kind of during the writing process. I did a little bit of a rebrand and it was, uh, the book originally, the title was the new mystique. It was kind of based on the feminine mystique by Betty Friedan, which I'd read. Oh, interesting. And, okay. and then I realized that, that, that name was a little mysterious. Yeah. People, what does this mean? Right? You know? it? Yeah. 
So I rebranded to whole motherhood. And then that's kind of the podcast grew out of that. I had a friend named Amanda and that we kind of started it together and we were just wanting to interview moms who were doing exactly what I talked about in the book. Like that's, you know, that's why we, well, I had you on was, you know, you're doing both. You are, you're not afraid to kind of step out and walk out your dreams and also raise your children. And so we interviewed moms from all walks of life and, you know, single moms, moms with kids who had special needs um, moms who were working full-time in fortune 500 companies or moms who were, you know, just making jewelry and selling it at craft fairs or, you know, and, and everything in between. And it was a really fun experience. I, I mean, as you can see, I really love to talk. So, um, it was fun. I'm going to, I'm going to pick it back up. I'm kind of, I'm in that because I'm a marketer and because I'm an Enneagram seven, I tend to get bored so I'm probably going to do not a full rebrand, but I've got a lot of things bubbling that I'm trying to kind of maybe do a little bit of a shift in the the approach and what we talk about. Yeah. It can be I love tricky. it. I love your podcast. Um, anyone that what's it called again? I can't remember off the top of my head. So whole motherhood is the name of it. And oh, that's right. Uh, it's on all the platforms. It's it's there's about 50 episodes in there still. Yeah. And uh, so we kind of had a great run. Of course, COVID, you know, kind of just kids home every day. There was no recording happening in my house for it's several so years. I know <laughs> it's funny how that's like a moment in history now for all of us where we're like, we, I was doing this, but then, you know, COVID happened <laughs> and then like, and then afterwards I picked it up again. It's like, I know it was like a, it was like a hard pause or whatever. Stop for sure. For oh my sure. gosh. But I love your podcast. You have such great guests on there. It's such a good variety. Like you had that one episode on intuitive eating and like, that's, I really feel like I want this podcast to be similar in the sense that like, I think we need to explore all the things to be the best human. So it's not just business. It's not just motherhood. It's not, you know, only health and fitness. I think we need all the things to be, I hate to say balanced, but you know, have all these, have all these things fill and we feel complete, you know, it's like, we can't just do one or the other. So I love that. And the other thing, so I, I heard someone say this years ago and it always stuck with me where they said, you can only do one thing at a time when it comes to business or goals or um, things you want in life or whatever. And it always annoyed me because I'm like, that is that true? Because if it is, then like, maybe I'm doing too much. And you probably might feel the same with having, you know, you're an author, you've got the podcast, you've got your marketing business, blah, blah, blah how do you do it all and feel like you do it all well? Do you have any tricks, any, any like must do's? Like, do you feel like you have like a morning routine you have to do? Or is there something that you do in the evening with your husband that keeps you, keeps everything in check? Like what do you have something? Yeah. I will say that's the tricky part with branding is I have never felt like I could contain everything I want to say or do in a brand and branding can be kind of suffocating sometimes. Cause you're like, I have to stay on brand and what is that? And what do I say? And I promised my audience this, so I have to deliver this. That's always been frustrating for me as a writer and somebody who's just, I think about all the things all the time. Mm -hmm. So that's part of my struggle now is like, what direction do I go uh, with everything? So stay tuned for all that, but, uh, probably 20 different websites and 10 different, I'm just kidding. Yeah. Um, but no, I think, I think I gave, <laughs> it's funny. I don't know if you read the book by Shonda Rhimes, but she says, you know, I can, 
where I'm, when I'm winning in one area, I'm typically failing in another, mm-hmm. you know, it's just like, like kind of looks like I'm, I'm got my, I'm spinning on all cylinders and everything's working and it's kind of like not necessarily true, but I think because in the past I've, been, I've dealt with chronic illness and kind of not having the normal amount of energy that most people would have in a day. I have got, I think I've gotten really good over the years at kind of fine tuning and saying, no, I'm not saying that I'm the best at it, but I think that I learned, you know, maybe 10 years ago or so that look, you know, life is short, uh, put your energy, your energy is, is precious and put it where you really want it to go decide. I, I did a life coaching certification and it was like, look, decide what your values are. They don't have to be the same all the time. Decide in this season what your values are. And I talk a little bit about this at the end of the book and take those values and distill them down. Okay, where do you want to be in a year? Maybe maybe three. I would say five is a little too far out to really know, especially in the time we're living in when Lord knows you know, what next year is going to look like. I think, you know, figure out what you care about right now. Look, step back and look at the trajectory of your life over the last several years. What, you know, what have you enjoyed doing? What have people given you confidence in and said, you're really good at that and kind of hone in on that and just sit back and go, what, you know, what do I want things to look like? I do think there's so much power in, in, in our intentions. I think we really don't realize, you know, how much power is in our intentions and, and where we place our energy and our mindset. I mean, I decided we wanted to move to Franklin and we found this house and we're moved within 30 days. I'm not, I'm not wow. saying I'm invested. I'm, I'm saying it just, it came into our lives because we were looking for it. Totally. So for me, it's really just about um, being very ruthless about what I say yes and no to and being loving and kind and not, you know, I'm not mean. I'm just, you know, I'm just like, Hey, this is what I can do right now. And this is what I can't. And I think that's one of the issues with being moms and being women is that, you know, I was a chronic people pleaser my entire life and it almost killed me. So I had to learn the hard way that that's not a sustainable way to live. And so, you know, when you're saying yes to uh, volunteering here and then doing your, every yes is a no to something else. So you're whittling away your energy Again, if, if you have energy in spades and you want to give it out, go for it. I think um, you should, but I think that you have to be very clear about who you are, what you want and who, and what, and who matters the most to you. And for me, it's my family. Yeah. Uh, And so I think obviously the last several years have taught us that too, you know, the brevity of life and things can get crazy really fast. So yeah, my, my, my hack would just be you know, be clear about who you are and what you want. And my routines, I'm still developing because I feel like I've been in a free fall the last three years with everything. So for me, when you just move too, I just think moving, it just throws everything out of whack. Yes. Yes, it does. And for me, I really just work on kind of grounding my nervous system. That's a big thing for me. So taking a walk, kind of getting off a screen, getting some fresh air, or even just going outside and sitting in the sun on the ground, getting my feet in the grass, um, listening to, um, a lot of times I do like some, uh, I wouldn't say frequency music, but music that has more calming frequencies. So maybe like 432 Hertz is a very calming frequency. Oh, um, so kind of just the senses, you know, like touching the, the, the ground and saying, Hey, okay, the earth is underneath me. I'm not holding up the earth. The earth is holding me up. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, and just, uh, I do a lot of journaling, kind of processing out through writing, but that's just yeah. kind of, my thing. 
but yeah, I think, I mean, you know, got to have the morning coffee. I, I'm not, I think the productivity thing kind of, I've always been kind of overwhelmed by it or like the, what to do. I, I've, I've never been a morning person. I kind of struggle with that. So I think I, I've tried to kind of make things happen sometimes. And I think I'm at the age now where I'm like, look, this is, this is where I'm at. This is who I am. I'm going to work with what I got kind of thing. <laughs> so it's so true. I love that you took a step back and said, figure out your goals, figure out who you are, figure out what you want, what makes you happy. Because I think a lot of people couldn't answer that question. Where do you want to be in a year? Where do you want to be in three years? I think many of us will go, uh, I don't know. I want to be less stressed. I want to be less tired, but that's not really answering the question at hand. And yeah. so I love that exercise. And I do think it puts everything in perspective and then makes it less chaotic. Right. So I love that. Um, okay. I feel like we could talk forever, but I have a couple of quick, fun questions. So it's like kind of like fast rapid fire. We're going to end with, um, you're my first guinea pig on this. So we'll see how it goes. <laughs> so it's going to be your current favorite. So okay. first one, your current favorite show. Well, we're always, of course, rewatching Gilmore Girls in this house. Gilmore oh. Girls will always be on forever and ever. Amen. But I just started watching and it's not, it's kind of sad and depressing, but dope sick. Oh, what is that about? On Hulu. It's about the... <laughs> It's so depressing. I feel oh like you're okay. <laughs> tragic. It's about the Oxycontin whole thing and how it was brought to uh, market. The Sackler family. It's this whole saga, but I just started it and it's kind of addictive. I'll be honest. I mean, and yeah. I did no pun intended on that. That's terrible. That's a terrible pun. No, 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 no. <laughs> but I, I love stuff like that where it's like, um, like documentary or historic. Yeah, it's, it's actually, I love that. Yeah. it's not the documentary, but it still kind of follows the storyline. The story. So okay, I love that. Okay, good. Um, current favorite book? Right now I'm reading a book my best friend bought for me and I love it called The Creative Act, A Way of Being by Rick Rubin, who is a very well-respected and renowned producer who produced like tons of like Def Jam and I think he actually owned Def Jam Records, but he's a genius person. So highly recommend. Oh, I love. Okay. Current favorite food. I am all about the summer grill moment right now. The what? Salmon. Oh, grilling. Okay. Summer grill moment. I just am like steak, salmon, throw it on yeah. veggies and then a carb. That's where I'm living right now. Always a carb. Obviously. Always with the carbs. I mean, we'll shift into the fall soup mode here soon enough, but right now it's all about the grilling and the, and the yes. carb. Side. <laughs> I, I agree. We do a lot of that too. Um, current favorite thing to do? Like, I don't know if it's like a hobby or I don't know, something you enjoy. I've just started taking some morning walks with my daughter, which around this, the pond near us. And it's just been such a great way to start our, our day. Cause you know, again, she wasn't in school and now she is. So she's like, mom, can you please just, so we'll get a little coffee and just walk around and look at the ducks. Aww. I love a good walk. I do too. I do too. It's so relaxing. Well, now that the weather is slowly, hopefully is going to cool down, it'll be even better. Um, okay. Current. Favorite... I, have to add one, I have to add one more thing that yeah. and yard yard work. Now that I live in the oh. suburbs, yard work is my new therapy. Like, have you ever just trimmed a hedge really aggressively? Just saying. No, I haven't. I make my husband do those kind of things, but I will say, um, 
people do have way better curb appeal here than in California. So there's so much pride in the home and the way it's presented that I do feel like we do more here than we ever did. And we, we like it more. Yeah. Sure. Um, current favorite, do you have like a favorite, like social media account you're following right now? I have no, that, some that's a tough one. Cause I feel I like will say, uh, I hate to say it, but it's on the TikTok. Okay. That's okay. You on the TikTok? <laughs> I, no, I mean, I'm not, on, I'm just trying to figure out TikTok. I'm not there yet, but go, but I'm sure everyone else is on it. <laughs> one account that I love is Midwestern mama. She's on Instagram as well. It's an organized. Okay. okay. It's like I love it. And also I, I love, hate it, but I, it's kind of like crack for me. I, I I'm addicted. It's, it's all the organizing of the snack shelves and kind of the oh. ASMR. So she's like putting yes. things in bins and it's just very great for my brain. It makes me very happy. Oh yeah. I live for an organizational um, account to follow. Like I might not do it, but I like to see how they do it. <laughs> yeah, that's your mama. She's where it's at. Okay. I'll have to look it up. Okay. Last one. Do you have a current favorite podcast you've been listening to? Yeah, I think, let me look and see what's up on my list right now. One of the ones I've been loving and it's newer is called Fully Nourished with Jessica Ash. She, I'm trying to get her on my podcast. She's very okay. right now though. on she's got a huge following. So um, she talks about eating from a, eating what, what women should be eating to support their metabolism and actually be fully nourished and like not be starving ourselves. And she's on Instagram as well. Jessica Ash wellness, I think Okay, her podcast is called fully nourished. And I am just loving her content right now. I love that. I love the ones where they talk about like our hormones linked to what we should be doing because our cycles are so different than men. Yeah. I love it. Um, Oh my gosh. I love this. Well, this was so much fun. Will you tell everyone where they can follow you? Your, I mean, everything, all the places they can find you. All the things. Yes. Yeah. So I'm primarily on Instagram. That's where I post most of the time. It's at hillarybarnett.co. And then of course you can follow that onto the website, which might be looking very different soon. I've, just stay oh. with me, everybody. <laughs> um, and then I'm on TikTok at the same account. I very rarely post there unless my daughter wants to do a dance video. Okay. And then um, yeah, I'm on Facebook. I'm pretty quiet on Facebook. I keep it pretty I kind of shut that down. So it's, I wouldn't bother looking for me on there, but Instagram mostly. And then the book is available on Amazon. And then of course, at this gorgeous local shop. (laughs) And uh, so if you're ever in Franklin, stop by the factory and uh, yeah, that's where, that's where you can find me. Yeah. And your podcast and all, I know you're everywhere. I love it. I love it so much. (laughs) This was so much fun. I cannot wait to see kind of how you expand and rebrand the rest of the year and where you end up. Um, it's so exciting. Thank you, Sarah. It's been so awesome to just watch your journey and the store and have you here in town. I love it. Thank you for having me. You're so sweet. Of course. Thanks for coming on. This was so fun. See ya.